Ole Miss is getting ready to switch to a three-man front from a three-man front. Are you confused yet? Well, don't be. I'm going to explain it. Also, what does each quarterback do well? What do they bring to the table that could help them in this quarterback competition? It's absolutely fascinating. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis, and this episode is brought to you by a new sponsor, the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and upvote the video itself. Comment down below as well. We'd appreciate it. So we are looking at the quarterback situation as it sits at the moment, and we're going to talk in the next segment about changes that could be coming to the defensive personnel fit But we're going to start out with quarterbacks. And between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard, and and the rumor came out yesterday, I think they said that Spencer Sanders is going to be here for the spring. So spring is going to be an absolute war. But what does each quarterback do well? What are their strengths? And how do their strengths fit in the Ole Miss offense? I think Jackson Dart, his strength right now, his legs. He's not a twitchy runner, but he's a runner that is insanely effective, and he is really good at moving the pile back and forth with quarterback sweeps and on third down when he needs to scramble. His scrambling ability essentially won the Texas A&M game. So that is something he does really well, and he will use to try and maximize that in the spring. Now, I don't know if that will be enough because that is kind of an extra to the quarterback position. That, that's a problem that Jackson has. Is like, hey, the first thing you think about is his running ability, and that's a problem for a quarterback in this system. Now, the other thing is his outside-the-numbers deep passes are pretty, pretty good. Um, he wants to throw the ball downfield. Sometimes he will force it downfield to his detriment, but whenever he is on down the field, all of a sudden they're getting big play after big play after big play. His yards per attempt was insanely high this season. And whenever he's on, he's really on. Ask Vanderbilt about that. Um, ask Mississippi State about that. Whenever you throw the ball well, he can throw it really well. And those are really the two things that Jackson Dart is bringing to the table. Spencer Sanders, on the other hand, Spencer Sanders is more of a twitchy runner. He's more of a true zone read type runner. The offense would change ever so slightly with him and quarterback because of the running threat that he is. Now, just like Jackson Dart, the running threat's not going to win him the job. But the fact that we're talking about running from both of those quarterbacks to start with will kind of let you know where I stand and why I stand there. Spencer Sanders is a former Big 12 Player of the Year that has made plays on the outside, but he has, like Jackson Dart, has a problem turning over the ball. So between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders, if one of them is going to win the job, it's going to be the one that turns the ball over the less. Jackson Dart 
needs to take a step in the spring. He just does. He doesn't have a choice. He has to move up. He is the prohibitive favorite in this quarterback competition. He has all the knowledge that's been gained from a year of coaching. He's got all of that. Everybody else is coming in new. He's got every advantage suited to him. He is the quarterback that has a chance to get this wrapped up by the end of spring. Period. He is the one that can do that. But the longer this goes on, the longer this quarterback competition happens, if the replay of last year happens to where Spencer Sanders is getting a start in the two-lane game or something, you know we have a problem at the quarterback position. So pay attention to that. Dart's the one that can win it. Sanders, if he comes out to be the guy and wins it, he's the guy that's going to win it in the fall. It's going to be up to Jackson Dart, just like Luke Altmaier, to make enough of a gap in spring practice while everybody's acclimating to where when fall camp gets here, he's just too far ahead. That is his path. Spencer Sanders is playmaking. If Jackson Dart has a bad spring like he did last spring, if he's in the game and does that, they're probably going to put the four-year starter on the field as opposed to Jackson Dart. And again, it is my opinion that whoever wins the job will be the one and whoever loses the job will be the three because Walker Howard. Walker Howard, to me, is the total package at quarterback. He can run the ball well. He can throw the ball, and he's anticipating passes over the middle, and he's not afraid to use it. Now, if you look at that and the way he plays the game, he has the chance to be the best out of all of them. No doubt. No doubt in my mind he has a chance to be the better quarterback out of all of them eventually. Probably not this year. He probably needs a year to get done. And that's the reason I think that he is guaranteed to be the two. Not because it was guaranteed to him, just because it's smart to do it because he's going to be the guy left standing next year. If Jackson Dart wins it and he's the two, you're fine because next year, status quo, same thing happens, all good. If Spencer Sanders wins the job, you put Walker Howard as the two because next year he's going to take it all over. It just makes sense. It's just logically there. If you want to try and find a way for this to make sense, that is the way to do it. Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders is going to battle it out for the quarterback this year, and Walker Howard is going to be sitting there waiting in the wings for his chance to do what he needs to do. It's pretty astounding. But I really like Walker Howard's use of the middle of the field. I like his anticipation. He reads coverages. Once he sees what's going on, he's extremely confident in doing it. He just needs a little bit of time to do this. He needs some game reps. That's the reason he needs to be the number two this season, the game reps, so he can be ready to turn it over next season. Now, this battle, I think, is going to be an absolute war. You have two quarterbacks that are statistically similar. You have two quarterbacks that have similar strengths. You have two quarterbacks that have similar weaknesses. It's going to be a war because if you look at them on paper, it's the same guy. You have one that's done it for one year, two years. The other's done it for four. It it is what it is. Now, coming up in the second segment, we're going to talk about changes to the defensive personnel grouping and how that defense looks moving into the Pete Golding era at Ole Miss. That should be really good. But first of all, I do want to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. 
We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today and get started with $150 and free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's pretty cool. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance of a bigger payday with same game parlays. That is pretty cool as well. Now, if you notice over the last year, we've had shows all the time talking about betting lines and them being a sponsor. They're available in Tennessee, but in Mississippi, you've got to go to retail places. Um, to, but you can still use the lines. So whenever we use our lines of the week and wherever we talk about anything that's going on, and now it will be FanDuel. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use so football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. Ole Miss is about to change to a potential three-man defensive line from a three-man defensive line. And because of that, they are offering defensive linemen for all over the South. That logically makes no sense, right, whenever you see what's going on. And they're like, Steve, you're crazy. They're obviously going to a four-man defensive line. And yes and no, okay? Pete Golding at UTSA ran a lot of 4-2-5. He ran a lot of 3-3-5. They were multiple. They played whatever needed to be played to accomplish their goal. But what they did at UTSA is insanely similar to what they did at Alabama. That's probably how he got the Alabama job from UTSA. So anybody that talks about him coaching Alabama-style players and how will you do it on Miss, they're all forgetting the fact that he got the Alabama job coaching UTSA which undoubtedly has lesser players. So that is interesting. Now, when I make the comment they're going to switch to a three-man front from a three-man front, I'm partially joking about that because they're semantic games that can be played with it. But in the 3-2-6 that Ole Miss ran under Chris Partridge and DJ Dirk in the last two years, it was essentially a four-man defensive front where they removed the three technique as far as um, fit and size of the players on the defensive line. You took a 300-pound player off the field and replaced him with a 200-pound defensive back. That, that, that's how it worked. That may not be drawn up that way, but that's the way it was. You'd have you know, 260-pound defensive ends. You'd have um, one big nose guard, you know, 310 pounds, 315 pounds, somebody that you know is a gap filler, and that was just it. Well, in this Pete Golding defense, they're on the offensive line and on the defensive line, they realize that that is where the football game is won. So you will see that three-man defensive front have 300-pounders across it. So it's three 300-pounders. So instead of having one interior defensive lineman 
like we did in the previous defense. Now they are probably going to have three. Now, because of personnel and everything's going on, there's going to be some mix and matching and everything's going on. But ideally, Pete Golding would probably like to have 300-pounders at both the five techniques and about a 320-pound um, nose. It's just the way it is. So we will see exactly how they do that. And been, they're offering defensive linemen all over the South right now. You know, Georgia, everywhere. They're, they're going out and casting a wide net for 2024 defensive linemen. Why? Because there's going to be some guys that they got to um, stay in the portal or get out there. They're not going to be here after next year. But they're willing to give us next year. And you have um, Josh Harris, who I think is going to be fine. You have Xavion Harris, which I think is going to be really good. I'm really high on Xavion. I think J.J. Bikis is going to move out to one of the ends. So you will have a nose and you will have a true defensive end in this defense. And maybe somebody like Jamon Gordon backing him up. The other side, I think Jared Ivey is going to end up there. Either him or Cedric Johnson is going to end up there. But I think it's going to be Ivey and maybe somebody like Taiwan Malone behind him. So you can go too deep in those three positions right now. And you can relatively easily. And, and it would look completely different if we were in the 3-2-6 than if we were, are in this defense that we're going to play. Now, I think next year Cedric Johnson is going to play the jack position at 270 pounds, the hybrid defensive end linebacker role. For better or worse, and I think Kari Coleman might back him up. That's that's the way it looks for me across the front, including the hybrid player. I think at linebacker, you got your starters figured out. I think Jeremiah Jean Batiste. I think um, Monty Montgomery. There you go. You have Suntary and Perkins that is going to play somewhere in there. He but he might um, play in the husky role or he might play in a linebacker role depending on his size. He could be a depth piece. He could be somebody that they just want to get on the field. You might see some 3-3 type stuff with him on the field. You might have him backing up Cedric Johnson in that jack position. It all depends on how much weight Suntarian can put on in good weight. Uh, he needs to maintain his skill. He could go eat every day at McDonald's and put on weight, but you know what I mean. So we will see exactly what he can do on the front part of that defense. Now, if you look at the back of the defense – it's interesting to see. Ole Miss has gotten three cornerbacks committed out of the transfer portal. Now, all three of them might not make it to campus because there are rumors about Deshaun Gaddy um, going through some transfer stuff, but that's a fairly common occurrence. It's only uncommon that we hear about it. There's always stuff to go. You have a checklist whenever they're being enrolled, and they have to check, they either check them all or they don't. And then whenever they don't, you have to figure out how you can make that work. It just kind of is what it is. But John Saunders, six foot four physical cornerback out of Miami, Ohio. He committed back in December. Um, really good player. Don't forget about DeAndre Prince coming back. That's a big pickup as well. You're going to see this team, when you look at the roster of the players they brought in, they're bringing in man coverage corners. Okay. So that's a hint of what they want to do. So I'm thinking some man-free and some two-man is going to be the base coverage back behind the defense. So we'll see exactly how that plays out. Now, the safety position gets interesting because you already have like A.J. Finley going away. You have Tysheem Johnson that is gone. 
You have some hybrid type safeties if they want to play in the um, Husky type role with Tennyson and um, Ashim Young playing there. But I think like Trey Washington has a role on this team going forward. I think um, Braxton Myers is going to get on the field early. He's the Army All-American that um, played, signed for the Rebels. He's a true freshman. I, I think he has a chance to do some stuff as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this defense is done. And I've told you guys over and over again, the key to the 2023 season will be about maximizing the defense. If the defense is top 50, this is a, this is a, this is a booger bear. This team can be rough. This team is going to be a hard out for everybody. If this team is top 30, I, I wouldn't even take Georgia and Alabama off the table. But if this team is like 70 to 80, like it seemed whatever we've usually seen, then you have games like the Arkansas game. You have shootouts that can go either way. You can't stop anyone. And you end up 6-6 six and six and 7-5 and five in that range. So there's a spectrum to where this team can finish. And it is all on the defense, in my opinion. So we'll see exactly what they do. I mean, this is this is phenomenal to me. I, this, is, this is fun to look at. Anyway, tonight, check out the Twitter spaces. We will get on there with Derek, Kara, um, hopefully Pratt if he wants to join us. Tom will join the Twitter spaces and kind of go back and forth about the portal and honestly just talk about Ole Miss football and have a good time because this is all about having fun, right? So um, we are trying to have a good time and make it enjoyable for you. Now, when we come up next, we're going to talk about the commit wrap-up. we got a couple of players that committed to Ole Miss um, in the last few days, and we're going to talk about them. So it should be pretty good. So stick around. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, um, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it. All right, Ole Miss got a couple of commitments, including yesterday. They got a JUCO offensive lineman that was a transfer from like Wyoming or something like that. His name is Mana Timaney. And I am probably butchering that name, and if so, I apologize. But we are new to this relationship, so once I get corrected, I'll get it right. So, Ole Miss quietly has completely revamped its offensive line. You have Bryson Sanders and Ethan Field, high school players that signed in December. Since they've added um, Victor Kerm, Quincy McGee, guys with all-conference resumes and their perspective of early stops. And now they add Mana Taimani. And he's a guy that I think might not be here until the summer. I don't know exactly what, when, but he's a six foot five, 310-pound guy. He's built pretty well. He's at Diablo Valley Community College in California. Um, he played his high school ball at Clayton Valley Charter School in Concord. And after originally enrolling at that Wyoming over offers over San Jose State, Sacramento State, Utah Tech, and Portland State, the guy blew up. For him to get an offer after that to an SEC school, this is an example of Lane Kiffin saying you can use the portal for depth. This is a kid that's a project. You see him projecting, and you're willing to build him up. 
And we will see exactly how Lane Kiffin and John Garrison handles the situation, but he's an intriguing prospect because you're not asking this kid to come in and play right away. You're asking him to find something special. Now, it might be something that we're not even thinking of to where he is just a really good center and can snap the ball. And we always talk about how interior offensive linemen and exterior offensive linemen are a little bit different. So I will not, you know, say too much about it because I don't know too much about him, but he has a chance to have a role on this team. We'll see exactly what he does, but his name is Mana Tamani. Sorry about that. I'm butchering names. But, I mean, we'll see what's up. Now, the next commitment that Ole Miss got over the weekend was Zermari Walton. He's from Melbourne, Florida. He's a Central Florida boy, just like me. Six foot three, 185 pound back. He's a lengthy guy. That tells you, that length tells you they plan on playing man coverage. They want somebody that can match up with these wide receivers that have all grown to certain levels. He is a four-year starter, actually has played five years at Georgia Tech. He actually um, played in 2018. That was A.J. and D.K.'s last year at Ole Miss, just so everybody knows. But because the COVID year just didn't count, um, he's playing this year as a redshirt senior, a sixth-year senior, which, you know, we've heard of sixth-year seniors. Now we've heard of, like, ninth-year seniors, but whatever. But he played some games as a true freshman against Alcorn, South Florida, Clemson, and Virginia Tech, then he redshirted. In 2019, he appeared in all 12 games, had 29 tackles, three pass breakups. You know, he keeps going. And one thing you notice about this guy, he's not a interception cornerback. He's more of a lunch pail cornerback. You don't bring him in for big plays, but he was, I believe, a team captain, um, just like Jeremiah Jean Batiste. And that is a big scenario. That That is the type of people you want in your locker room because you know they're going to do it the right way. And whenever we talk about pro mindset, pro mindset simply means doing the things that you are supposed to do at all times. Handling it like a pro. That That is literally what it means. Now, when I worked with um, Coach Orgeron and was there at Ole Miss, it was protect the team. That was the same thing. Do what you're supposed to do. But it was called protect the team. But that's been replaced with pro mindset because everybody wants to make it to the NFL. They all have those goals. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Now, you look at that cornerback room. That is that is interesting. We talked about um, Walton, and we talked about Gaddy, and we talked about Saunders, and we talked about DeAndre Prince, and even Braxton Myers. We've talked about him. At the cornerback position, there was a little bit of depth. that these guys hit, there's a little bit of depth that is built. And in this era of essentially spread offenses and everything geared towards the offense, you need to figure out a way to make it difficult for them. And if you look at this team and what's going on, I think it's their desire to play in the backfield, right? Less time and have guys on the back end that will take advantage of mistakes from quarterbacks. I think that's what it is. Like I said, this defense this year could be very, very interesting. 
not necessarily good, just interesting. And by interesting, I mean they could finish 60th in the country and finish top 20 in takeaways, stuff like that. That I think that's on the table with these guys. So should be a lot of fun, and I'm excited about that. Now, other commitments that are coming down the pike that we're seeing. Now, we are getting towards the end of the transfer portal window. Like, I think they technically can go through like February 1st or 2nd or something like that. I, I, I'm not sure, but that is in like that um, red flag area to where you need to the automatic system in there. So this week is kind of the last week of the transfer portal for Ole Miss. In that week, they are recruiting um, a kid. I don't know his first name. I forgot his last name. It's, you know, you know senior moment. But his first name's Keanu. De- defensive lineman, just like we talked about earlier. And, and that's going to be a big deal. They're still trying to get the Kennedy kid out of Alabama. I mean, Alabama's actually fighting to get him to stay, um, which they should because he's a good player. Um, he's a guy that could come here with Monty Montgomery, with Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, and they have a chance to work some magic on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. Um, I think it would work. I think it would be a good fit for him. Um, he's gone through two or three years of not being the dude. I'm talking about Kennedy. He can come to Ole Miss and be the dude. He can kind of be the Otis Reese of this defense. And we'll see exactly what that, what happens there. And also, um, I think there's a wide receiver out of TCU. Let me check his name real quick. Um, it's Quin- Quincy Brown. Um, six, seven catches. He's, he's got two or three years of eligibility. Um, he's a big kid. Six foot four, 190 something pounds. So he has a chance to grow out and really increase his frame um, as this goes on. So you can see how they're using the transfer portal window. If you look on on three, Ole Miss currently has the number three transfer portal class. On 24 7, it's a different number. They have different formulas to figure out what's going on. Um, so we'll see exactly what happens and how this goes down. Because Ole Miss is not done. Ole Miss is going to keep pushing forward on this all the way until the end. And then they're going to make a plan to push forward quickly in the May transfer portal. They're not done. They're not done by a long shot. And that's the reason we told you that you probably shouldn't judge a recruiting class based off an early signing day class. That's like crowing about being in the lead in the first quarter. You wait until all of this is done, which would be sometime in June, to crow, to know how your roster is constructed. Now, for people like me, love it. Content everywhere. There's always things I can talk about. We're going to talk about this quarterback competition for six months now. We're going to talk about Pete Golding and this defense for six months. This is going to essentially be a football podcast moving forward. We'll still have Derek Vandy Griff. We'll still have all of that stuff. But there's going to be football every day. So get excited about what's going on. There's not many people that want to talk about football every day. I want to talk about football every day. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy talking about football. I talk about basketball. I talk about baseball. But none of which gets the numbers that a football story does. Football moves the needle in ways that baseball and basketball have no idea about. It just is what it is. 
But we're going to talk about football every single day. And we're going to talk about going into spring practice. You know, which quarterback is doing well? What's going on? We're going to talk about spring practice where we'll be in our normal coverage routine. We're going to talk about spring practice reactions. We're going to talk about pre-transfer portal May. We're going to talk about post-transfer portal May. We're going to talk about June, which is hopefully the College World Series. Now, I do want to talk about that. And then we're getting ready for July and we're getting ready for the season. That is kind of our schedule moving forward. Again, we got a ton of goals on this channel. We want to get up to 7,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Um, we think we have a good chance to get there. Um, we'll see exactly what happens. Um, I want to add more perspectives. And I want to um, essentially make this as fun as possible. Because this is fun. This is real fun. Anyway, tonight also, Pratt Rogers will be um, will do his interview archive. And you'll have that. It won't be on today's show, but it'll be on tonight's show. And also tonight, Twitter Spaces. So anybody watching wants to tune in to Twitter Spaces can. We'll talk about Transfer Portal, Quarterback. We'll talk about all of that stuff all over again with Derek and Tom and Kara and maybe even Pratt. So we'll see exactly what's going on there. So anyway, thank you again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Get fired up, Ole Miss fans. We're going to do this every day this week. We're going we're gonna to keep going. We're going to have a good time. So um, I hope everybody has a good time. Remember, Pratt tonight, Spaces tonight. I'll see you later.